you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hi, and welcome to Airing the Addisons. This is Pastor Jeff Shree. Will and Mickey are off today, and my wife Debbie and I are honored to fill in for them. Just to give you a little bit of background about us, I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart can be heard every weeknight at 6 o'clock Central Time on American Family Radio. Now, Debbie and I have been part of the speaker team for Family Life Ministries since 2005, and we've been blessed to share with couples all over the country how to have a great marriage and a great family. So speaking of family, Debbie, will you just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about our family? Absolutely. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. We have three beautiful daughters, and I cannot believe that they are as old as they are, but our oldest is 34. Our middle will be turning 32 our youngest turning 30. And again, how can that be when we ourselves are 30? I don't know how that math works. But um, we have been blessed with three just beautiful grandchildren. Our oldest daughter and her husband have two daughters. And then our middle daughter just had our first grandson. And he is six weeks old tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And um, we're really excited about that. That's our the first boy in our family line that we have had. And so it's just been so fun. Yes, so I come from six kids, three girls and three boys, and uh, my two brothers didn't have any children. (laughs) One brother has a stepson, but uh, no children, and then I just had all girls, so the the Shreve name died with us. And then I'm an only, and so um, I don't know anything about anything other than just girls, and so we're looking forward to uh, just seeing how different this little Jack is going to be than our little granddaughters are, but um, we've been very, very blessed. Yeah, we have found out it's different changing his diaper. Yes, it is. They have those little teepees for a reason. you got to be careful. Yes, you do. Well, today we want to look at building a godly home from Psalm 127. I always use Psalm 127 when I do a wedding because I just love the way the scripture words uh, what it takes to have a, a great marriage and a great family. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Now, unless the Lord builds the house, The Bible says all the labor that a husband and wife will do, it'll come to naught because if he's not the chief cornerstone of your home, uh, you labor in vain trying to build a home filled with love and joy and peace. 
you're just not going to be able to do it. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing that will really matter on eternity's clock. And even the best of marriages, if Jesus is not the cornerstone, it's going to miss out on his supernatural touch to make that home something special. Now, Jesus is the greatest home builder, and the devil is the greatest home wrecker. And the devil loves to hit us where it hurts. And the place where you can hurt people the most is not at work, it's not at school, it's at home. Because if home gets destroyed, then there's no place to go for sanctuary and for uh, safety and refuge and refreshment and, uh, and recharging and relaxing, all those things that are critical about home. And so, Debbie, why do you think uh, in our world today, home has become uh, not a place where we would talk home sweet home, but now it's like World War III? Well, two things that just instantly come to my mind. The first one is just selfishness. As a society, we uh, are just a pretty selfish people. And selfishness is at the core of inside of each and every one of us. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit in us, working to constantly be changing us and get our eyes to be moved outward instead of constantly focusing inward, we can just be selfish pigs and not very fun to be around. So that's number one. But number two is just the busyness that is our culture. And that busyness just has overtaken us. And um, we're busier now than we've ever been. We had that little bit of slowdown during the early parts of COVID where we were just everyone was quarantined. And I just so vividly remember hearing comments from people that even though it was horrible to be stuck in your home all the time, it was also a wonderful, refreshing time too, because that busyness kind of came to a halt. And uh, that busyness can really come in, the enemy can use that to to really get us distracted, to get us um, where our focus is on the wrong things, our priorities get messed up, and as a result, home becomes less and less important, and we spend a lot less time there. Right. Well, you know that the enemy is wanting to, he's wanting to come uh, full on, and we see that in homes with uh, drugs and alcohol. You know, once those get introduced to the home, it's gonna create all kinds of problems. Uh, any kind of addiction that leads to abuse, uh, obviously adultery or extramarital affairs. You know, we talk about in family life, an extramarital affair doesn't have to always be another person. Right. It can be uh, video games or something that Work. steals you away from, yeah. from the relationship. Interestingly, you're talking about uh, what went on with COVID. So uh, our counselor, Chris Schroeder, said that good marriages got better during the, the shelter in place but bad marriages really struggled. Right. They're not used to being together a lot. There's a reason why they don't want to be together. And, and so mm -hmm. it, it caused a lot of fireworks. And then if people start drinking, uh, in addition to that, that would create all kinds of, of difficulties. But verse two says, it is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. So we were talking about margins. Yes. Families today don't have margins. They're just go, 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 go. It's just every hour is crammed full and dinner is you're eating on the run. And um, 
Why is that such a, a problem in our world today? Well, I think part of it is that our word our world values that busyness. They value and they seem to exalt those who can multitask in so many different ways. And um, that that can, on a cultural level, seem like you're just very successful. You're able to juggle all these balls just constantly. Um, but that's not at all what the Bible tells us that we need to be doing. And so our lives and our families and everything can get so unbalanced. And so the question is, how do we go about living a balanced life in this culture that is so completely out of balance? Because it is. And we have to look back to the Lord because Jesus is the only one who has ever walked this planet and lived a completely balanced life. He's the only one who's done that. And we, we see that illustrated throughout his word. He was with the multitudes. He was with his disciples. From his disciples, he even pulled back and was just with the three. And then he had times where he was completely alone. And so he just had a real balance in his life and is a great example to us of A, why that's important, and B, how we can do that same thing. Well, you know, if you think about um, the Lord wanting to build the house, the devil wanting to wreck the house, and the devil is subtle. He's more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And so he doesn't, he doesn't just always come straight at us with, I mean, we know that adultery is going to wreck the home. We know that if you get, uh, become hooked on drugs or alcohol, that's going to mess up your home. But the busyness thing, right, that can be very subtle, right. And before couples know it, snowballs. They just don't have any margin. And so you were talking about good, better, best. Yes, because when I when I look at just when I reflect back on our life, particularly when our kids were little and they were at home, um, a couple of of principles that that we tried to implement, and the first one was the idea of good, better, and best that. All activities in life can be put in that type of category system, and we wanted to focus our attention and spend the bulk of our time not on just good things, not on just better things, but on the very best things. And so we had to sit down together. We had to talk through those things. We had to talk through scheduling opportunities, and we had to really pray through those and determine for our family right now what is the best thing that we can be doing? Not just good things, because there are a lot of really, really good things that you can do. There are a lot of better things you can do, but there aren't a whole lot of best things that you can do. And so we really had to um, make sure that we kept our priorities right. And that was a, a critical decision that we made. And as a result of that, it went to my second point, which is we had to say no to a lot of things. We had to tell our kids, no to a lot of things that they wanted to do and a lot of different activities so that we did not just get consumed in busyness. So you told the kids they could have how many extracurricular? Outside of our involvement in our church, which was significant. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then we were at church on Wednesday evening as well. But outside of that that the church they could have one activity and then we even narrowed it down even further than that that all of those activities had to take place on the same day of the week so we weren't running hither and yon every single day of the week and so we focused in on just one particular day of the week where they had an extracurricular and um, as a result we were not overbooked at all in any way shape or form that's right. That made a that made a big big difference. 
uh, in our kids. And, you know, and they, it, might, for me. they might not have liked it right at the first that, right. well, why do my friends get to do this, this and this and club volleyball or whatever it might be? Right. And we just said, well, you're just not going to be able to do that. Well, I think we had that for several reasons. Number one was just the the busyness of it all. And selfishly, I just did not have the energy to be gone every day, all day long, doing all these different activities. But second was the just the enormous expense of doing all those different activities. And we were not financially in a place where we could have afforded that comfortably. It would have been a real stretch for us to have had to have paid for all these multiple extra extracurricular activities for the kids. Yeah. One of the things, you know, I tell our church uh, at the new members class, I always say, listen, now, one of the things that you have to have as a foundation stone in a young family especially is that Sunday morning you're going to church. Your kids are going to be in Bible study classes and they're going to be in worship. And Wednesday night you're coming to church and, and that's just going to be part of their experience of growing up. So they just know, hey, church is important. And we don't wake up on Sunday morning and, you know, put our uh, finger into our mouth and check to see which way the wind is blowing um, and decide whether, well, it's a nice day. Maybe we should go to the lake or, well, you know. It's raining. I don't want to get yeah, out. Yeah, friends are in town or whatever. No, it's like, hey, we're going because this is the Lord's day and uh, we're going to worship him. And so our girls just knew that. And right. They knew, hey, Friday night, once a month, we have uh date night at the church and they were going up to the church and they knew that they were going to vacation Bible school and they, they were doing all those things. And, uh, and they benefited from that greatly. That's right. They did benefit from it greatly. And, and we used the church um, in conjunction with our parenting because I think so often in today's cultures, parents leave the responsibility of biblical education to the church. And that's really not exclusively the church's job. The parents have to work in sync with the church to train your child up in the way that he should go. And um, you can't just look to just the church to do that. No, the church can help and the church definitely wants to help. Our church wants to help parents, sure. but it's the job of the parents. They right. have the responsibility. And uh, right. so as they uh, partner with the church, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So we're going to be taking your calls after the break. And so uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. He gone, he loves his brain. He too zealous, he just trying to go against the grain. He got his whole life ahead of him, so this is strange. But they don't get that getting other shit just isn't game. And marriage isn't pain, in fact, it's love and joy. Gas plan for man and woman, they want to destroy. But acting like it's prison, avoid it because it's... All right, welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. Pastor Jeff Shreve here with my wife, Debbie. We're filling in for Will and Miki. And we'll be taking your calls in this uh, this session along with uh, the second one. And so you can call at 1-888-589-8840. 1-888-589-8840. We're talking about Psalm 127 and how to build a godly home. The Lord wants 
On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, he wants your home to be a 12. He wants it to be off the charts great. But in order for that to happen, you have to really let Jesus be Lord of all in your individual heart and in your marriage and in your family. He is the great home builder. And if we don't build our lives on the rock, the rock of ages, then those things won't happen. So we want to talk to you about that. We want to help you answer any questions you may have concerning marriage and family. Debbie and I have been married for how many years, Debbie? Oh, that's a good question. Is it thirty going to be 36 or is it going to be 37? Uh, Let's do the math. It's this higher math that we're having to figure out right now on the spot. I think we've been married 35 36. years. It'll be 36 this next year in yeah, 22. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yes. Been wonderful. Yeah, it's so wonderful. It's a blur that we don't even know how long it's been. But, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about Psalm 127, one of the things that's so interesting about it is just how strategically the verses are laid out, meaning that the foundation is of the Lord. That's the very first verse. That's the most important thing. Then it talks about what we need to do to make sure that we're not too busy, that we get our rest and that we're able to function well as a family. And when those two things are taking place, that's when those children are seen as a gift from the Lord. And I think in, in today's culture, we have so many situations where children are not seen as a gift from the Lord. They're seen as a, a burden and a bother and a distraction. And they are in our lives. That's one of our biggest <laughs> blessings is yeah. our children and their kids. In fact, as I look back on my life, I consider that the, my greatest accomplishment accomplishment is raising three godly daughters. Right. And um, it's just interesting how the Lord lays that out because uh, it, it is so important to see your children as a gift because they truly Amen. are a gift. And, you know, it says you'll have a quiver full of them and everybody's quiver is a different size. You know, some people, they can hold a lot of arrows in their right. quiver and some people can't, you know, um, but whatever it is, God wants you to see them as the gift that they truly well, are. Children are a great blessing, but they're a great stressor too. Right. And they, they can be very hard, but it's worth the, oh, it's worth the struggle. Right. Well, we have Mary from Oklahoma. Mary, welcome to the broadcast today. Thank you. I just got in the car and caught the very, very end of what you were talking about, how important it is to have your children in church. And I think back, I'm 67 years old, so it's been a long time since I was a kid, but grew up on a farm about a mile from the church we went to. And uh, back before, you know, recordings and DVRs and all this stuff, and I always joked and said I was probably 19 years old before I realized that Dorothy got home from The Wizard of Oz, because even though we, we never got to see the end of it, because we always had to go to church. <laughs> and, and we just never got to go. And, you know, I mean, we never got to see the end of it. And occasionally we'd get to stay up late on Saturday night to watch championship wrestling. So it's it's like my parents, they were old. My dad was born in 1908, my mother in 18. And at times I was ashamed of how old my parents were. Very, very godly parents. And we, we were at the church whenever it opened. But it was fun. That's what it, it was expected. And I look back now, and we raised our kids like that, and um, both of them are in church and very committed. And I just think back and, and thank the Lord for wonderful, wonderful parents I had. 
Amen. 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 It makes a huge difference in the life of a child when they uh, are, are just brought up to understand that the Lord is good, that the Lord loves them, that the Lord is a personal God, um, that he wants to have a personal relationship with them. You know, going to a boring, dead church doesn't help your kids and it doesn't help you. But going to a church where Jesus Christ is alive and he's working in the midst, uh, that's the place you want to raise your kids. So. I, can I, I just want to interject this. I had read this somewhere and I thought this was so good in relation, um, Mary, to what you were talking about and the importance of the family and the church linking together. And that was this, that nothing is more important than someone's relationship with God. That's number one. But number two, no one has more potential to influence a child's relationship with God than a parent does. Number three, no one has more potential to influence the parent than the church does. The church's potential to influence a child dramatically increases when it partners with a parent. And finally, the parent's potential to influence a child dramatically increases when that parent partners with the church. And that's why it's just all so interwoven together and it is so critically and vitally important that parents and churches link arms together to impart the the knowledge and the um, teachings of the Bible to their children and how important they are, not just to know in their head, but to receive in their heart and to walk out and to live them daily. Amen. Well, the number is 1-888-589-8840. And Debbie and I are here. We'd love to talk with you and answer any questions that you may have or hear your comment. Um, God loves the home. He loves marriage and family. You know, before the Lord created the institution called the church, before he created government, before he created schools, he created marriage and family. Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter 2, uh, that was the first marriage. So that's right off the bat. And God told them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Have a family and have a big family. And uh, Adam and Eve did well with that. Although uh, Genesis 3 was a big, big problem because they disobeyed God. But uh, they, the point is God blesses the home and the devil knows if you want to destroy a society hit the society in the home destroy marriage destroy family and you've destroyed everything because that's the building block of it all well and what's interesting about uh satan and him being our enemy is that he never takes a vacation so he is always working he is always on the move he's always on the prowl he's always sneaking about seeking who he can devour and uh, we make ourselves even more vulnerable to those attacks when we're not living in the word and have a committed relationship with the lord and and just uh keeping our priorities straight correct and in the right order in terms of our families. And, you know, I was thinking back to when you were talking about um, Adam and Eve and, you know, they once the once they fell into sin and, and just everything changed for all time, uh, they didn't have the busyness that we have. They didn't have all the same levels of distractions that we had, but yet they still had trouble with their kids. I mean, Cain and Abel had a tumultuous relationship at best. And so it's like even as far back as Adam and Eve, once that sin entered in, conflict entered in. And um, 
We can't think that we're going to, our families are going to go unscathed from that because we are going to have conflicts and we are going to have difficulties. Right. And so we have to be on guard for that and be on the lookout for that and in some respects be expecting that so right. that we're armed and ready to fight against that and we have a game plan in place for that. Yeah. It's kind of shocking in scripture. You have some really godly guys. Samuel comes to mind, but he didn't have godly kids. Right. David's a man after God's own heart, but David was not a good father and he didn't have a good family. And so it's really important that men especially take the the position of leadership in the family and uh, love their wives and love their kids and lead their family in the things of the Lord. Well, we have Linda from Texas. Linda, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. It's nice to talk to you. Um, yeah. I just wanted to give um, an encouragement to young people uh, about raising their children in the church. I was in my 50s when I became a Christian, and I was not raised in the church and I did not raise my child in the church. And I am heartfully sorry for both of those things. But I became a Christian, and I was blessed enough to lead both of my parents to Christ before they died. Amen. Oh, that's so awesome. It is. But, I mean, I guess at the time I just never realized how, much, how important it was to have a godly home and bring a child up from day one into God's family and love. And um, I would just encourage any young family to start going to a church, find a church that, that has like-minded families, and they will encourage you and you will grow so much. Amen. That and you know, so it's true. it's when your kids are young that you really connect so much easily, so much more easily with other couples right. because you have that common denominator of your children. The older you get and as, as your kids empty your nest and it's just the two of you again, it's it's harder to make those deeper connections. And I know for us, those families that, that we raised our kids together 30 years ago, we're, we are still close with so many of right. them. And we just have this connection with them that really is not, has never been broken. And, um, it, it, it's just a good link that you have when your kids are young like that, being able to get in touch with other parents and really develop those deep, lifelong friendships, which at the time you don't understand are going to be lifetime and you don't even understand the importance and the significance of what a lifetime friend means right. at that young age. But man, when you get older, that is, that's such a blessing in your life to have that. It really is. 1-888-589-8840 is the number to call. We'd love to take your call and visit with you. You know, Debbie, one thing about Psalm 127, it, it says that children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Now, the thing about an arrow, especially in, in uh, Old Testament times, you know, it was a, they'd find a crooked stick and they'd work on the stick to straighten the stick and then to polish the stick and to sharpen the stick and put a, you know, a, whatever they do to it to, you know, get the feathers on it and all that stuff so that they can use it as a weapon against the enemy. And uh, that's, that's the way it is with kids. They come out of the womb, they're like a crooked stick, and they need mom and dad to straighten them and polish them and sharpen them and uh, sand them and get them ready for life. 
And then when they get to be a certain age, 18 or whatever it might be, then they shoot them at the enemy. And a parent goes from being a manager to a consultant. Right. Some parents don't... Struggle with that. They struggle big time because they're still wanting to manage their kids when their kids should be on their own. Right. You know, and I think, I think too, when you, when you were talking about that the stick being crooked and all the work that it takes to straighten the stick out to make it what it needs to be to truly be an arrow, I think so often as young parents, you forget that you're doing a, such a vital, important work because you do get tired, you get exhausted right. in the process of it all. And um, in your fatigue and in your busyness and all of that, you can lose sight of that you are doing a great work. You're doing a great work building that arrow and getting that arrow ready to shoot, you know. Um, and sometimes they boomerang. Sometimes you shoot that arrow and it comes back around and it comes right back. Uh, but, but that is our job as parents to do that. Right. And with the things going on now in, in public school and all the CRT garbage and the, the transgender stuff and right. all this, uh, it's the job of a parent is even more important to make sure you know what your kids are being taught. Right. And if need be to get them out of a, a harm's way, um, you know, you wouldn't let your kid, some, some teacher beat on your kid. Don't let some teacher pour poison into their minds. Um, and so parents need to be vigilant and praying for their kids and being active in, in what's going on in my child's life. And, uh, you know, I've said before, you and I were blessed that we sent our kids to schools that had a lot of Christian teachers and Christian administrators. And so we were pretty confident that they were getting uh, solid teaching. But that's not the case in a lot of places today. Right. And so that's more incumbent upon the parents. It's your job to teach your kids. It's your job to protect your kids. Um, and it's your job to train them up in the way that they should go. Well, and to help your kids understand that it's okay to not go along with the crowd, to be able to stand up for righteousness, to teach them that at an early age, to, to train up little Daniels that are, <laughs> that are strong in, in what they believe and understand why they believe that. That right. it's not just, oh, this is what my mom and dad have told me, but no, this is what God's word says. That's why I, I'm able to be a Daniel because I'm standing on the confidence and, the, and I have boldness because of the foundation of God's Word. Right. And you know, with mom and dad too, this is really important for Christian parents. Um, we want to lead our kids to the Lord. We want to create an environment that makes it um, very normal and natural to see your need for Christ, you know, as you're praying through that and, and asking God to convict my child, show them that they're sinners and need a Savior. But you never want to push them in that direction because kids will do what you want them to do by and large uh, but you can't say well my kid now is 12 I need to really push them toward receiving Christ and getting baptized because you can't make that happen. You, you just can't be their Holy Spirit as much as you may want no. to be. You just can't. That's not your job. And that does them a disservice if it's not real and genuine because then that kind of faith is false faith. Well and it can make them think it's it is real. Right. When it's not, when right. in fact it's not. So it has to be something that they come to that conviction. Uh, God works in their heart. And whether they're 12 years old or 14 years old or 16 years old, it has to be the Lord is at work in them. I'm praying diligently for my child, but it's got to be 
the work of the Spirit. Well, the number is 1-888-589-8840. Call in. We'll talk to you after the break. The church could say more to you Cause God don't seem as close as you want to Please remember however he can Know he'll be there to do Whatever you can't Know he's only one One prayer away all right, welcome back to the broadcast, airing the Addisons. Jeff and Debbie Shreve here filling in for Will and Miki. We're talking about the home and how to build a godly home. We've been looking at Psalm 127 today. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. Now, the scripture says that children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. And how blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gate. Now, Debbie, one of the things that's critical for Christians to know is that Christianity is as much caught as it is taught. So, mom and dad, if your home is not a genuine place where you have a relationship with Jesus and your marriage is built on Jesus, don't be surprised if your kids see through the charade because kids hate hypocrisy. They want it to be genuine and real. So if Jesus is not real in your life and if he's not real in your marriage, he's not going to be real in your home because you're just going through the motions. Debbie, speak about that a little bit. Well, I just remember um, our kids growing up in a pastor's home is kind of a unique experience in and of itself because to some degree you are growing up in a fishbowl. Um, but I remember the girls having their friends come over and they were always just so um, curious and interested to see what the two of us were really like because they so many of them thought, oh, they're not going to be the same in their house as they are when we see them at church on Sunday. Right. And um, the the longer that they were in our home and the more they saw that, no, there's not a, a um, there's not a discrepancy there. We're kind of the same regardless of where we are. Uh, the more relaxed and just the more they enjoyed our home. And uh, I, I do think that's so important because not only your kids, but their friends and the people that you have an influence uh, uh, upon they can spot if you're for real or not. You may think you're hiding it really, really well, right. but people are very perceptive by and large when it comes to seeking out and finding hypocrisy. They can, they can really spot that. Right, you have to be real. It has to be real. And if Christianity doesn't, you know, home is kind of the, that's the test of your Christianity. If it doesn't work at home, it doesn't work because right. that's where the rubber meets the road. Well, we would love to take your call, 1-888-589-8840, talking about the family, talking about how, it, how to have a godly home and raise up godly kids who love the Lord and who have a genuine relationship with Him. Well, I was thinking of one thing over the break, and that is um, that I wanted us to just speak to those parents that may be listening today that, 
they did everything right. They were authentic. They were real. They had a genuine relationship with the Lord. They, their kids were in church. They taught them godly principles at home, around their dining table, in everyday activities in life. Yet they have a child that has strayed away, that has wandered away. And that can just be such a hurting thing. And um, it's so important for parents to not beat yourself up in that situation and to understand that your child has a will of their own that is completely separate from yours. And so kind of, Kind of just talk a little bit, Jeff, about about that topic, about that subject for those parents out there that are listening that maybe they have a prodigal at this moment. Well, you can't make your kids believe. You can, you know, the old phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That's true. You can make him thirsty, but you can't make him drink. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, Samuel was the prophet of God and yet his children didn't, the, the scripture says they were worthless fellows. They didn't follow his, his uh, in daddy's footsteps in terms of a genuine walk with the Lord. So uh, I still remember James Dobson saying one time uh, about Samuel, he said, when I read that scripture about Samuel's sons, I think it's in uh, 1 Samuel 12, he said, I realized there are no guarantees. And just because I'm Dr. James Dobson, focus on the family, that doesn't mean that my kids are going to automatically uh, love the Lord and walk with the Lord. So he said, I had to be very intentional and really pray. So uh, I think one of the things, I mean, God was gracious to us in, yes. in the way our girls responded to the Lord. And uh, it's important for parents to pray. Do all that you can and you trust your kids to the Lord. And, uh, but, but just realize that they, they have a choice to make. And you can't choose for them. Right, you can't Sin- control their choice. We we have said so long that our our kids, it was just a blessing from God because they turned out better than we parented. <laughs> because right. we made a lot of mistakes. We were by no stretch of the imagination perfect parents. But I think one thing as I look back that I can see over and over time and time again is that when we did mess up, we humbled ourselves before them and we told them, hey, when I did X, that was wrong. When I said this, that was wrong. When I acted this way, that behavior, that thought, that was wrong. I've asked the Lord to forgive me. I need to ask you to forgive me. And so they they saw that modeled in front of them. And so I think that's that's very important. For sure. We have Jeremy from Tennessee. Jeremy, you're on the broadcast. Hey, Dr. Jeff Shreve. It's a pleasure to, to speak with you. I, I, my wife and I, we listen to you guys on the, on the podcast as well from, from his heart ministries. But anyway, just a couple comments I'd like to make. I, I come from a broken home myself, and uh, I, I feel like one of the greatest areas where we as parents or where parents fail their children is not training their children as to what to look for in a helpmate. It's not enough to say, well, you need to both be Christians. You don't need to be unequally yoked. But to go more in depth as to what to what qualities to seek after and and spend time talking with your children and speaking with the children about finances and sexuality and what God's Word says about those things within a marriage and, and really teach that to the children from, from their youth up. I mean, you can't you know, parents can't wait till they're uh, teenagers and, and right before 
getting married to to share those truths with them and a lot of times families don't feel comfortable parents don't feel comfortable talking about that with the children but i think it's very important that parents be open and honest with their children as they're coming up to to teach those teach them those truths as to what to look for in a mate and their roles amen that's a good word, Jeremy. Yeah, it's critical. That is the, other than trusting Christ as Savior and Lord, the second greatest decision in a person's life is the person they marry. And uh, sadly, some people just do it on a whim. You know, they spend more time researching what kind of computer they're going to buy than who they're going to spend the rest of their lives with. And so uh, important for mom and dad to model a good marriage and to teach their children this is what you look for in a spouse. So good word, Jeremy. Thanks for calling in. We have David from Kansas. David, I hear that you just received Christ three weeks ago. Is that right? Yes, sir. I was just saved three weeks ago. Amen. That's awesome. And, Amen. Uh, That's awesome. Um, yes, and I'm in the middle of discipleship right now with my church. Um, we'll be getting baptized soon. Um, but I was listening to you about the family. Me and my wife are going through some tough times right now, and uh, we're working on our marriage slowly, but we're, we keep God in it, and we're working as, as hard as we can to get back into to God again. Um, I'm from a family that wasn't religious, and I was raised by alcoholism, and basically, I wasn't a Christian all my life. I've been, and like I said, I just got saved, and uh, I see God's grace every day. Amen. That's it's great. A great thing. It for sure is. Now, just know, David, I mean, that you're going to have struggles, and there's going to be difficulties in, in your marriage, and, and, uh, you know, giving your life to Christ, I, I liken it this way. I, I tell people in my office sometimes, I said, suppose, you know, um, I gave you a baseball bat and I told you to just uh, smash everything in my office, rip all the pages out of the books and just see what kind of a mess you can make in, in 20 minutes. And I said, the Christian life, when you invite Christ in, he comes into your life kind of like coming in a room that has been decimated and he helps you put things back together. You can't do it. You're totally overwhelmed. He enables you. He gives you strength. He gives you power. But it's not just an instantaneous, all my problems are gone now that I've trusted Jesus. Um, th there's going to be work to do, and there are things to overcome, and there are relationship problems that, um, that are going to take time, and there's healing and forgiveness and things like that. But uh, with the Lord's help... He can take you from point A to point B over time as you trust him, and you can see him transform not only your daily life, but your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your parents, and uh, he just brings a sweet aroma uh, of the knowledge of him to your life. So we, uh, we rejoice over your salvation, and David will pray that God just does a deep work in your marriage and in your family. The number is 1-888-589-8840. We have a few minutes left. We'd love to take your call. If you'd like to call in, we're talking about how to have a wonderful marriage and family. And Debbie, how about for those people that are single parents? Oh, that is that is just really, really hard. Uh, you know, I, I cannot fathom the fatigue, the stress, uh, the guilt that the enemy would 
heap upon you. Um, but I, I do know that God is more powerful than all of that. And God gives grace and he gives strength and he gives encouragement and he leads and he guides, he gives discernment, he gives wisdom. He gives all of those things to enable you to be successful at the task that is before you. And that doesn't mean it's gonna be easy, but he does give you the grace to be able to be successful in that. And I think the key in single parenting is just like in dual parenting, and that is you have to keep Christ at the center and you have to rely on his strength and not your own. Because you and your flesh, boy, it, you, you can just get exhausted and irritated and short-tempered and all of that so very, very, very quickly. And um, I think a, as a single parent, you would really have to just continually fall back on the fact that the Lord never leaves you and he never forsakes you. So you, even in those moments of feeling so utterly alone and misunderstood and that things are so difficult to remember that he is right there with you, beside you, that he is providing for you, he's, he's protecting you, and he is there for you. Amen. We have Diane from Ohio. Diane, welcome to the broadcast. Yes, hi, thank you. Jeff, I listen to your program in the evening sometimes, and uh, oh, I'm in thank the car, you. so uh, it's always a blessing. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of, um, we have one daughter out of the house, married and, and everything, and then our younger daughter is 17, and she's involved with just one sport, but we also have horses that we have to clean the stalls, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's easier to rein things in and limit their activities when they're younger, but, you know, it gets a little more challenging at this age, and she just yes. got her driver's license. And so what do you do? And we're older parents. I'm 59. My husband's 62, so or 61. Um, so, you know, and I am, I'm just, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and yes. So we kind of, you know, I want to rein things in because um, we have a grandson and, you know, it's just, I'm spread a hundred different ways, but she wants to be on go mode a lot. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one, Diane. Um, Our youngest was like that. Very, <laughs> very busy. Yes. Um, I, I do think you just need to lay down uh, parameters and let them know, hey, th these are the rules that we have in our house and uh, we want to be fair, but we also, um, you know, want to abide by by these agreements. And uh, so when you have a, a child that's on go mode and wants to push uh, the boundaries were like, well, I need to be able to do more things and, and don't restrict me, mom and dad, and things like that, especially when they're 17. Um, you're getting close to that age where they're kind of, they're not on their own yet, um, but they're starting to feel like I need my independence. And so uh, that's that's kind of a tricky thing. I would say that it's going to take a lot of prayer. Well, and I, I think for us, we just continue to give them a bigger box to, to roam around in, in terms of rules and regulations. And we always told them, you're, you have these broader parameters of things that you can do until you blow it. And if you blow it and you lose our trust, those parameters are gonna shrink back small really, really fast. And so they they always just were very, they were respectful of, of that. And they, they blossomed as we did expand those boundaries for them. 
because that is important because that helps them be prepared for when they leave the nest. Right. I think some parents uh, make the mistake of, of putting their kids on such a short leash right. that their kids uh, feel like they're restricted and they then they do rebel whenever they get an opportunity. And I think, too, that the important thing in that is to just make sure you've prayed through those things that you're allowing and you're not allowing. Well, we've enjoyed being with you today. We're going to be back tomorrow talking about the family. We uh, look forward to being with you. God bless you. Keep Jesus number one in your heart and life. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.